Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Lamar Jackson, do not go out there on that football field without signing a new deal. Do not go out there on that football field without signing a new deal. And I'm going to give you an example. Anything can happen. Teddy Bridgewater, another Louisville alum, just dropping back in practice. Secure that bag. Now, get the money that you're worth now, but don't go out there on that football field until you have that new deal. Who was that? That's not your guy, Chris Canty. I don't think it was RG3. It wasn't either of those, yeah. It was a good take. It wasn't a Chris Canty take. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it wasn't hot. It was lukewarm. Yeah, Yeah. lukewarm at best. (laughs) Chris Canty's agent couldn't be as good as you. It really couldn't. Yeah, no. Uh, no, Not for talent. Harry Douglas. Uh, Oh, Harry Douglas. Yeah, it's an interesting. I mean, it's probably a pretty good take right there, too, right? I mean, Lamar Jackson has to be a little careful of that. And although, I I don't know how much money he'd lose with an injury, but I think people would still invest in him, or the Ravens would still invest with invest in him. I mean, most injuries are not like, at the very worst, you injure your ACL or something like that, you're out a year, but you're going to come back and play. Uh, but I get the the context of it, and it might be time for Lamar to get paid without. Or, or not go back out on the football field until he does, you know. I, I think I probably would advise him to do that if I was in his camp. No, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson has all the leverage as well. I mean, obviously the quarterback position is extremely important, but then you talk about Lamar Jackson where that entire team runs to him. You know I mean? You just can't replace Lamar Jackson. Um, of what they ask him to do, how that offense is ran, if he's not, off, if he's, he's not going to be on the field, then kiss your chance of going to the playoffs goodbye because there's no way that they can try to – um, you know, maintain without him. So I think he does have all the power. I think he does have all the leverage. And it's obviously a guy that you drafted in the first round that came through the system that you took a chance. I mean, take a chance on him. You know, you traded back up to get him, all that stuff. I mean, it's time to make him uh, a staple um, for, for years to come. You know, now, yeah, obviously his style is, is predicated off sometimes maybe injuries can happen and all that stuff. doesn't really matter. You, you become pot committed to Lamar Jackson, and now you got to pay him like that. Brent Martineau here at the Bullies House of Cards, St. John's County, right off 210 and uh, 95, by the way. So come on down. We're here each and every Wednesday, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Opened uh, some 89 tops cards and, and took the gum at 8 and have survived an hour in, into eating the gum. So Hey, why uh, did you eat the that. gum? <laughs> like, uh, I understand the chewing part of it, like the taste, I get it. But me and Austin have had this conversation in two straight breaks. What made you think that eating the gum, yeah. which is not an edible thing, yeah. why was that a good idea? Yeah. I don't know, because I just didn't feel like spitting it out. But mm. um, Martin suggested that we do that, and then I just did what I did. It didn't really think much about it yeah. after the fact. Brings mm. me to my follow-up, because um, <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a while now. Uh, you were suggested to do it by Martin, good guy, uh, all-world guy, think the world of him. Were you easily persuaded in high school? Maybe peer pressure was a thing that kind of got to you? Because <laughs> uh, it seems like you'll really. do anything at this point. No, you know, it's yeah. funny you he bring that up. He ain't going to a table, though, is he? That's, that's, that's true. going to do that. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's funny you say that because I did not succumb to peer pressure much, I don't believe. I mean, maybe on occasion, but not much. Like, I, I don't think I was influenced that way. But I have done things like for, like, TV and radio – that I'm just kind of like, okay, let's do it. Like, I scaled, like, the, uh, the heck was the name of that? It was the Wells Fargo building downtown with the Boy Scouts one time. Like, I would never do that. I wouldn't even be interested in doing that. And we did it, like, on live TV. 
<laughs> years back. Yeah. And I was like, well, at least I'm going to go. I'm going to go in a big-time way here. Yeah, anything for the ratings. I guess. Like, I'm a team guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I died eating a little gum, well, good for ESPN 690. You guys will bask in the benefits of all the increased ratings. Of a dead guy? Or at guy? least the one viral video. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or the station would then be defunct. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, so, one of those two. I need to update my resume. Good. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe it becomes a country station then. Maybe it's the the Casey and Austin show. In the mornings. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could have to be like in the, all in Eric the church. afternoon morning ish. Ah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, yeah. All yeah. Eric Church. The lunch all the time. Oh, no. Eric Church will be banned. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I do want to get to Evan Neal because I, I just. Evan Neal had his pro day today, and so. There's a little bit of recency bias, but he's also a, a big talker today throughout the draft world. And there are just so many – I still see it like uh, Jags take Evan Neal, Jags take Evan Neal. So I want to play the game in a moment. Uh, but going back to what uh, we were just talking about Lamar Jackson, did the Deshaun Watson contract change the landscape in the NFL from a guaranteed standpoint? Because in Major League Baseball and the NBA, those are guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. Austin, the big thing about the NFL has always been these aren't guaranteed contracts. Big B5 had, or at least who I've tried to defend, are not the big-time athletes what they're played or the big-time players and quarterbacks, but it's really the little guy. that They're not guaranteed much at all, not even to make it through the season. So people think these guys are millionaires and making all this money, and really that's not the case, especially for what they're putting their body to mm-hmm. and through. And so... I actually think those lower-level contracts to be guaranteed would make a little bit more sense. But are we getting to a point with the contract of Watson where others will have to follow suit? And now all the power goes to the player and also the agents where we might get to a world where contracts are guaranteed in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think we're well on that way. And what is kind of expediting that process of of these guys getting all this guaranteed money is how the salary cap's working out and how these contracts work out. Because it's a lot more team-friendly when you give this guy a signing bonus, when you give this guy guaranteed money. And if you saw what the Cleveland Browns did with Deshaun Watson, you know, having record numbers, you essentially said, hey, we trust you. You're our guy going forward. Here's all this money, and hopefully you abide by, you know, what we paid you, and you give us your best effort, which, you know, hopefully Deshaun Watson can do. But you took a chance on a guy who has a lot of allegations against him, who we don't know what's even going to look like uh, a year from now. And that guy got all the guaranteed money. That guy got the signing bonus. So when you see where the NFL is going now in terms of, you know, the quarterback being a very important position and you have to build your team around it, if Deshaun Watson can get that kind of money, well, then, yeah, I think it's up for grabs because I'm not trying to like compare it to, like, the NBA or anything of all these super teams, but you're starting to see more and more now. I think we're starting to... I mean, yeah, the draft is still important, but now it's about guys who are in their primes or, or, or closely by their primes and taking a chance on them to try to improve that team drastically the first year and then trying to go to a Super Bowl from it. It's, it's the L.A. Rams all over again. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see where the landscape – listen, I would say it's not my money, uh, so it's okay, but it's a little dangerous once you get into those kind of contracts and then you got a cap. Could it hamper teams for years to come? See, right now it doesn't feel like – teams get hampered by a move for like a long period of time but if they make a miss let's just say deshaun watson for some reason were to get hurt or fizzle out how much does that hamper the cleveland browns for not not the next year or two but next five years uh, i i wonder um in, in some of these deals that we could see uh let's get back to evan neal evan neal has a pro day today 
I want I want you to come along. I know you don't think the Jags should take Evan Neal, or at least I don't think so through our conversa conversations, Austin. But let's just say the Jags took Evan Neal, all right? And they go with a what they think is a, if you asked me a month ago before they franchise tag Cam Robinson, I would say, you know, I think this could be a very conservative play by the Jags. It's more of a can't-miss selection, and you protect Trevor. So there's there's a lot of things to like about it. And I think Evan Neal is going to be good. I think is going to be a good player. So there's a lot to sign up for. I just don't think it makes sense at all right now, I mean, because of the way they what they've done. But let's just say they take him. Where would they play him? And what would the line look like if they had Neal and a tagged Cam Robinson and a Jawan Taylor coming back and a Walker Little they invested in last year and a Brandon Sheriff that I pretty much would put him at right guard because that's what they said he's going to be. Tyler Shatley, I guess, at center. Uh, Evan Neal, I think, said today that I can pretty much make an impact anywhere on the line other than center, so he's not going to play center, it doesn't look like. What does the offensive line look like if they were to say, hey, we're just going to continue to beef up our offensive line. I mean, if that's the case, then I think you would seriously take a look at Evan Neal playing guard. Um, just because where else are you going to put him? And he is very versatile. You franchise tag Cam Robinson for a reason. The last thing I want to see the Jaguars do now after you franchise tag Cam Robinson is draft Evan Neal and say, all right, Cam, well, maybe we can trade you away or ship you off or do something else. Because you know why? That would make me upset because then you let DJ Chark walk. Not saying DJ Chark could be the end-all, be-all stud wide receiver, but I'd rather have DJ Chark healthy than LaVisca Chenault right now. Uh, I'd rather have DJ Chark healthy than Zay Jones right now. And you chose to let that guy walk, you know, for for uh, Cam Robinson. So the only like the only way I could see it working is if you moved Evan Neal to guard and then the Walker Little, you know, Juwan Taylor battle for right tackle in training camp. And then Cam Robinson, your starting left tackle, and you probably get a contract done there too. That's what I can see happening. It's just it's hard to justify with the first overall pick saying, "Hey, we really like you. You're versatile. We need you to play out of position, and we need you to play guard." Here's you know here's the top overall pick kind of money. Yeah, I, I again I think um, I think he can play everywhere. So let me put it in this context, okay? I think we agree on a lot of this. So I, I don't. There's not really much to debate. But I'll put it in the context of this. I just, I just tweeted this out. What makes you more excited as a Jags fan? This group, offensive line, Cam Robinson, uh, Neal, Shatley, Sheriff, and then Little or Taylor, whoever you play on the right tackle, or Aiden Hutchinson and Josh Allen on the edge. It's, it's Hutchinson and Allen at the edge. Yeah, absolutely. It does make you more excited, like because I will say this now: if you put if, if they franchise, they're paying a $15 million tackle. They got Neal, who's supposed to be this next big guy, and he's playing guard, who's, which is a little hole right now for the Jags, right? You got Chatley at center. You got Sheriff, an all-pro guy, at the right guard. So your interior looks to be really beefed up. And then you have the better player of Little or Taylor, whoever wins the job, on the right side. I mean, that's a pretty darn good line. That's a good-looking line with Neal involved in that. Yeah, but here's, here's what I think we're missing. Trevor Lawrence is your quarterback. If Trevor Lawrence is who we think he is, he's got to make this offensive line better. If you give Trevor Lawrence the weapons, hopefully get a guy in the second round, that wide receiver, another weapon, a one or a two, then Trevor Lawrence should elevate this offensive line. I saw Aaron Rodgers in his old age have an absolute just turnstile of offensive linemen who kept getting hurt. Some guys I never heard of before, sometimes rookies. And what did Aaron Rodgers do? 
only won the MVP award this year, right, because of his talent. He elevated his players around him. He elevated Randall Cobb. Devontae Adams, obviously a stud, but he elevated everybody else around him. Trevor Lawrence has to do the same thing now. So, yeah, I would much rather have Hutchinson and Allen as your book ends on the defense as opposed to say, all right, Evan Neal, come on in here, play guard, um, play a little bit of opposition, and then we'll figure it out as the time comes. Yeah, and listen, Austin, I, I think a little bit of it is this. I think the Jazz, like, I think they look a little foolish in a way if they pick Evan Neal and move him to guard. You just put the number one overall pick at guard. Who does that? Like, we're talking about Kyle Hamilton or guys like that who might be the best player in the draft. Like, I think you can argue take the best player in the draft. Well, I'd rather have, like, Kyle Hamilton floating around my defense than moving the number one overall pick of Evan Neal, who would be a left tackle, to guard. Yeah. You know? And so I, I think it doesn't it, – that's the optics of it doesn't look good. And I'll add one more thing. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'll ask, ask one more thing, and that is listen to what the Jags brass are saying. They are saying they want to sign and extend Cam Robinson. Like, they like Cam Robinson. They want to extend that guy. They have zero plans to just have him on the tag and then eventually move a kneel to left tackle. Now, if they can't come to a deal, I guess you could eventually say that. But that's not their view is what I'm saying. Listen to what they said to us at the owners' meetings. Listen to what they said at the combine. Listen to what they said after free agency. They said, we would like to come to a long-term extension with Cam Robinson. No, absolutely. You know, and then the big thing for me of uh, moving Evan Neal to guard, if you were to do that, like, yeah, I get it. In terms of, of guards and tackles, they're two different positions, and the tackle gets a lot more of the prestige, gets a lot more of the money. It's just a sexier position overall than playing offensive guard. But like, I see a team like the Colts back in, what was it, 2018, I think it was, where they draft Quentin Nelson at number six overall. And a lot of people scoffed at that and said, well, why are you drafting a, uh, an offensive guard that high, number six overall? Yeah, I mean, he was uh, unequivocally the best offensive guard in college football. But you spend the sixth pick on him? Well, then what happens to Quentin Nelson? He comes to the Colts. I think he changes that offensive line around a little bit, and he has a lot of success. And all of a sudden, the, the Colts are a different team now because of Quentin Nelson. You know, the, the guard position, you can make waves, and you can be a difference maker if you are that good. I just have an issue with saying, all right, we're ta- we have the number one pick overall. Let's take Evan Neal where he's been at left tackle, where he feels confident at left tackle, and then let's go ahead and move him to guard. Well, and I think I, w- I want to go back to something you said. I think it's still very important. And you, s- Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, he had they- – I think he got sacked 31 times last year, guys. 31 times. Like, that's not bad. Like, that's not atrocious. That was a rookie quarterback who made his offensive line look better. And he can make this line look better, even though they've improved it in some areas, hopefully, with the signing of Sheriff, of course, and, and hopefully Cam continues to get better and, and the better player of Walker Little and, and uh, Jawan Taylor, whoever wins that job. So, yeah, I, 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 it's just amazing to me how many people want that offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, and, and would settle for, like, a second or third round, like, pass rusher. To join the fray, I think they'll be. Comp- I think they will be very disappointed in the fall at what this defense could do, without a top-flight pass rusher, compared to what this offense can do without one more offensive lineman. No, for sure. I mean, this is a team that still has needs, and I think in terms of draft need, which and I get it. We talk about the the, the terms value all the time, and and rankings and all this stuff. Yeah, Evan Neal could be a game changer by all means, but you are, you have a deficit right now at edge. 
you, you, you have a deficit right now, um, you know, outside linebacker or whatever you're going to run for a defense. So I think that needs to be addressed more than anything. And when we talk about the number one pick, that number one pick has to come in and make all the difference in the world. That's what number one picks do. And if it's Hutchinson, if they feel it's Hutchinson, or if you're kind of on the fence, well, should it be Hutchinson, Evan Neal? you got to go with the guy that is going to fulfill a need a lot more than offensive line right now. Yeah, keep in mind, by the way, too, that if the Jags don't take Evan Neal, which I don't think they will, their mess-up is not necessarily taking Evan Neal in the long run. If Evan Neal's really good, the reason we would complain about the Evan Neal not being drafted is twofold, Austin. The performance of what happens with, say, an Aiden Hutchinson if he's the guy but really the performance of Cam Robinson, who they entrusted with that left tackle spot. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go back and look at the genesis of where maybe this fell out of favor with some fans and Neil is no no longer an option as I see it at number one, it's really because they've entrusted Cam Robinson. They see on tape, they feel like he can be the guy. And that's the decision they're going to be right or wrong on, whether they should have moved on to even a Walker Little or – in the draft, got one of these guys like Neil and Iquanu. Yeah, because so that's well, the one to keep an eye on. Well, and exactly, and to me, it all comes back, to, you know, to to Cam Robinson. Because at the end of the day, you you could have franchised take DJ Chark, you know, and you, you could have saw what he brought in training camp. Have him battle. Maybe he loses. You know, maybe Marvin Jones, maybe Lavisca Chanel, maybe Zay Jones. They all beat um, him out. DJ Chark. Well, then, okay, then I guess you wash your hands of it and you move on, even though you try to franchise take him. So be it. Like, you, you got nothing for DJ Chark. You let him go, he went to Detroit, simple as that. So, to me, keeping Cam Robinson, it has to signify something. It has to say, okay, if you chose to franchise take Cam Robinson over Chark, then you better take care of Cam Robinson, and he better be your guy going forward. Not saying he's going to perform like that, but I'm saying you better be tied to Cam Robinson now as your left tackle after letting DJ Chark walk. Yeah, a couple of comments, by the way, on this. Who cares, uh, Bob says. Uh, sign veteran all-line draft playmakers. It ain't hard. Uh, Jags had 78 draft picks, given or take first three rounds. 23% of those picks have been O-line. We've never been able to uh, bend to a Super Bowl. Try another route. <laughs> Daniel says, Chase on his head said many times in interviews that he dropped back more than rushing. Why not try to use him like a Telvin Smith-style player? I don't think that's his spot, Austin, right? I mean, he's a 3-4 guy's eventually going to have to rush the pass it right yeah yeah absolutely yep. yeah that's uh, he's not that kind of vers- versatile uh ben says o-line uh, more than uh pass rusher i'd rather be able to score points and control the clock than stop the other team from scoring points i'm not so sure that's an interesting concept right how to work for the chiefs it, yeah it, how, to, how to work for the bills not good enough now, I wouldn't mind getting to their position still and then have that conversation. But I, I do think people sleep on the idea of how important it is to be able to rush the passer, influence the game, impact the quarterback, therefore create turnovers. Like, hello, we cannot dismiss how bad this football team has been at turning people over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. I mean, that is the most eye-popping cause of two bad seasons. 
Mm-hmm. Go look at it. Mm-hmm. And and two, but I will say this to Ben's point, part of that is you're not able to control the clock and, and control the ball, score points, and therefore your defense is on the field more and you're not playing from ahead. So there's a little bit of part of that. I'll, I'll give that to you. But still, it's a big miss right now for this Jacksonville Jaguars franchise, the inability to sack the quarterback, move the quarterback, force the quarterback into mistakes well, uh, uh, right now. All right, well, let me ask you this. In terms of, I get it, we were all always occupied with the offenses and you got to do great. Care to, you can take a guess who the number four team offense was last year in the NFL that, that didn't make the playoffs, by the way. Say that one more time. This team was ranked number four in total offense and did not make the playoffs last year. One could say a lot because of their defense. Okay. Uh, I was initially going to say um, Cleveland because mm-hmm. they're running game, but I don't think uh, I'm going to give them top five kind of offense. Uh, oh, didn't make the playoffs. Actually, maybe they did. Uh, no, they didn't make the playoffs. Sorry. Uh, well, definitely not Indianapolis. You would have known that. I just, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, just kind of uh, gave it away. Um, what, they just snuck in the playoffs? Casey, help me out. Um, who am I missing? Minnesota. Uh, mm. No. So I'm going to guess, since by what you said, I'm going to say the Chargers. Yeah, and you got it correct. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah. Good call. Yep, Los Angeles Chargers finished number four last year in um, team offense um, and obviously surrendered some points in doing so as well. And by the way, like, you know, Chargers are kind of an enigma, but the Chargers also have really good defensive players and still couldn't do enough. And by the where did they add this offseason? Defense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, they, because of what your point, right? They say, hey, we got a top five offense. Let's keep it. Let's get better. Let's grow it. Let's be dangerous. But we got to get better on that side of the ball. Yep. And um, I, they are a little bit of a big like, because of that. They still have very good players on that side of the ball, too, but they added even more to it. So mm-hmm. um, that's a pretty good point. Uh, Dan says, hey, my main reason for wanting to go edge at one. Uh, also, I have a feeling Doug's scheme and the additions of Kirk and Ingram will go a long way towards making the OL look better as well. I think he was responding uh, to uh, my thought about Trevor helping the offensive line naturally, what you had said, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, I, I, I don't think he can sleep on that part. This is, this is one thing about this offensive line, all right? I, I'm not sitting here and telling you they're the best in the NFL. But they, when James Robinson was healthy, Austin, the last two years, he ran for like five yards a pop. Mm-hmm. And when Trevor Lawrence was out back there last year, like, he got sacked 31 times for a rookie. Like, they weren't great at times, but they also, also weren't awful. The times when they weren't great were, like, games like Houston at the start of the year where inexplicably they threw the ball 52 times. Yeah. You know, and they were put in a pretty tough spot. So, yeah, I, I think uh, we know where this is headed, folks, whether you like it or not. It's going to be a pass rusher at number one overall for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're live at Tavoli's House of Cards, St. John's County. Place always rocking. Got people in and out all the time. Live breaks in the back. 1989 Topps gum still being digested. I've got, uh, I'm going to tell you something about baseball that I don't think you knew. And you're going to be surprised you didn't know it. Educational program. Here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 when we come back. That was an incredible game, really from both teams. It definitely felt like a playoff game. The crowd noise was there. Uh, The intensity from both teams was there. Being a close game down the stretch, really being decided by one play there at the end. Giannis coming up with a huge block to kind of 
saved the game for us. I mean, that was a, a big-time game, and, I mean, we're coming up on the end of the year. All these top four teams in the East are kind of locked half a game, a game apart. So it's getting to that time where every game's going to start to feel like a playoff game. How about the big block from Giannis yesterday, Austin Lane? Oh, yeah. It's fantastic to see. Nail-biter in Philly. Um, I thought Philly was going to win that game. You know, last time the Bucks played Philly, they blew him out, but Harden wasn't playing and Embiid was out. Um, I thought Embiid was going to come in and have a big game. Yeah, he had a decent game, but um, Giannis, man, shows why he might be another MVP uh, candidate here and then this season. Yeah, well, Lakers are out of the playoffs right now as of now. All right, look at the uh, video feed. Hey, did if we know can. who that was, though? Okay, good. We'll move on. No, we don't care about who it was. <laughs> oh, it was Grayson Allen. Oh, that was Grayson. Do we care now? I mean, yeah, I'd, really. I'd, uh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. I mean, See, I, I didn't. Grayson's still playing well? Uh, he's just playing all right, yeah. Not, not too Gray- shabby. Grayson got cheap-shotted uh, recently last couple of weeks. Got clothesline. Yeah. See that? We didn't talk about that. But uh, you see the video feed? Yep. Kamzat? Yep. Chamath? Yeah. He, yeah. He, he, he's, he's one of the, the biggest prospects right now in the UFC. All right. This is 208 out of 299, just opened by Jason here. Okay. At the Volley's House of Cards. And uh, UFC Hobby Box. I know this stuff now. I'm getting really good at it. I'm almost becoming an expert. Yeah, that's the so dude t- right there. I turned the camera just so you could see these guys opening up. Uh, this, is, this is a big box. So what are we trying to get here? Patty Pimblet. Yeah, Patty the Batty. Patty the Batty. I'm getting stuff ec- read through me. I mean, in my ear. It's like it's like Austin's playing producer here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the one, so we'll keep an eye on and see how that goes. Um, we're at uh, Tivoli's House of Cards. And by the way, Austin, I think we got to get you down here probably next week because there's a gentleman on the live TikTok feed okay. that wants you to open, wants you to break open the UFC box live. Okay. All I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I can definitely oblige that. Look forward to that. Yeah, so we have to do that. He, you've been requested. Okay. What's that? <laughs> Quit dodging. Quit yeah, dodging. I said... He's, he's trying to get in the cage. Yeah, man. He's working out. Uh, he's uh, trying to, I'm doing the exact opposite. Where it, where it is, Jason will be at the April 9th event here in town. That's coming up soon, by the way, now. Two Saturdays away. No, for sure. Any chance uh, for, for uh, credentials on that one? Because I, I, I might actually have to storm the cage and, like, push somebody to try to get me a fight. So. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> you might have to. The closer I can get with a media credential, the better. Um, I think we should be able to get a media credential for that. Cool. So yeah, I also want on one. Casey's going to be be my hype man, too. You know, Casey, as producer of the show, should probably have to fill out the credential form. That's fine. Just send it to me. And Casey, hey, if if we got a cheap shot, somebody like Jorge Masvidal, so be it, right? I mean, we're in this together now. Listen, whatever it takes. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I mean, listen, if whatever we got to do to Masvidal, uh, considering he, he... hurt your feelings down at the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, he hurt my feelings a little bit, but now, I mean, he's got uh, he's, he's got his own problems. He's got his own problems to deal with, so good luck yeah. with that one, man. Is, will his legal problems prevent him from getting in the cage? Well, yeah, because he might be doing jail time if Colby Covington presses charges, which Colby Covington very well might do. Wow. Yeah, that, that's pretty wild. I remember when I saw, I was on TV that night, that, that alert came across. I was like, is this real? Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed kind of odd, but uh, Derek Brunson autograph, by the way. Okay. I'm not mad at that one. USC cards. Listen, I learn about the card business all the time. And what's fascinating to me is the UFC card business is good. Mm -hmm. The F1, yeah, as Formula One card business we learned last week, is good. Okay. It's incredible. 
Just incredible. All right, I teased you guys coming into this segment. I'm going to tell you something about baseball that you, I don't think, ever knew. Now, are you telling, telling this to me and Casey or just me? Because I feel like Casey knows a lot about baseball. Listen, I feel like I knew a lot about baseball, and I didn't know this. Okay. Um, now, Casey might have read this because he pays a lot of attention to the baseball stuff. Okay. How many feet, Austin, is between the bases of a regulation size field? So, like, between first base and second base? Yes. Okay. Uh, what is it? Is it is, is anything yes. either 90 right. or... Just get there, yep. It's either 90 yep. or 100. What? You got it. Get 90. There. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's 90, right, Casey? 90. Yes, can, can concur. Okay. Can, okay. Well, I'm about to tell you that's not true. Do you know the actual distance between first and second base is 88 feet, one and a half inches? And it's about to change potentially in big league baseball down the road to 87 feet. Hmm. Now, why is this? I did not know that. Why, so why, why did this why, come why, about? Why are they lying to us? Yeah. So the, the article in The Athletic, Jason Stark used to work for ESPN, remember? Um, he wrote an article that said the Atlantic League, the Independent League, where they've been trying out a lot of these new rules, right? Uh, some leagues will try out the robo-umps, and some leagues will try out the bigger bases and the pitch clocks and other things. Well, in the second half of this year, the Atlantic League, I think it is, that is which is an independent league, is going to try out this move where they move the base up like a foot in a couple of inches to 87 feet. And the idea of that would be to promote more action on the bases base stealing, maybe get more doubles, um, even triples, whatever it might be. So if they shorten those a little bit, that would liven up the game, give it more action. Hmm. And so this is going to be tested in the second half this year, according to Jason Stark of The Athletic. But in that article, this is what's getting people's attention, is, okay, we might get there someday that they move it up and we get more action on the bases. But the, it says it in this, this paragraph. End result of the move for the athletic is exactly 87 feet between first and second base, when it used to be 88 feet and one and a half inches from base to base. It'll be closer to third as well, obviously, by virtue of moving toward the middle of the diamond. I mean, hmm. we've been playing baseball forever, and nobody knew. So, like, even... That's wild, yeah. So there's lying to us. Yeah. When they said it was, well, okay. I'm kind of upset about that. I know, but I'm going to go on further just so to make sure we get it right, okay? Sources tell the Athletic that the second half of the season, baseball will be moving second base inward, so it'll be closer to first and third by about 13 and a half inches. The interesting thing about the move of the base is it draws attention to the fact that the bases aren't actually exactly 90 feet apart. Second base is a bit off, and it has been for well over a century. Hmm. <laughs> So what Someone I'm going to really say something know, or no? Just well, keep. <laughs> and by the way, what I really want to know, guys, and Casey, you played ball for a while, is if I go out to any high school here in town or regulation baseball field, have they measured it to 90, or should it really be like 88 and an inch and a half? And we're playing on too long of a basis, and I should have had more stolen bases in college. Uh, um, as a guy that took care of one or two fields in high school, because that was part of the the gig. I feel like they're at about 90. 
That's just my guess. <laughs> my guess is they are, right? Like, if you're building, if you're about to go build a baseball field right now, you're like, okay, I'm doing this by the book, blah, 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 blah. I got 60 feet, 6 inches from home to home plate. I mean, some pitchers mount home plate. I got 90 feet in between bases, and that's how I'm measuring it. And therefore, I think, what, the distance between home plate and second base is 120 feet, right? And so I just wonder how many how many fields are actually measured correctly now or did we just assume that they were measured a certain way and we didn't know this until now fascinating yeah it's a good call i will also mention that the field i was taking care of in high school uh it could have easily been 70 one way and 114 the other way wasn't the uh, most prestigious field in manatee county if you will so uh unconfirmed if you measured all four of those bases they're probably different lengths all four of them (laughs) Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they could be different all over the place, right? Uh, of course, that's the story when you if if you were a good like bunting team or had some speed anyway, you'd grow. If you managed the field, you'd grow the grass a little bit longer in the infield, so you could lay down some bunts and get those things to stick a little more. Which is always smart. Uh, we're opening up UFC Hobby Box. I'm yelling at these guys while they're doing it. Um, I assume the new bases. ones, correct? Uh, yes, this is just in, right? Prism. Just in. What do we got? We got anything good? I see some uh, top loaders. Nothing major. All right. We'll keep working. We got uh, a few packs left. So some good ones. But nobody said bang yet over here, Austin. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm listening for the bang. If we hear that, then we got to stop all things and go directly to that card. But until that time, the show as usual. Hey, do we know what's coming uh, in? A- we know the card, right, for the most part, uh, coming to Jacksonville? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. The guy that you got the card of is in the is on the card. For lack of a uh, better. Which one, Brunson or the other guy? The other guy. The other guy. <laughs> okay. I don't have to say it in front of me. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Educational program. You just learned a little something about baseball you probably didn't know. Not that I don't think you're very smart, but I just don't think you knew that. We'll be back from the Voice House of Cards here on a Wednesday. Each and every Wednesday, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Come on out. Have some fun with us. We'll see if we hit a big card before the end of the show. Coming up on ESPN 6 Night. Uh, Final four, that's what you're looking for, right? I, yeah. I also like Dustin Johnson. Uh, Scotty Scheffler as well. Finished second here last year. Other side is where things get a little wild. This ain't no hobby, Brent. Give me Kevin Kisner. Match play, God, Kevin Kisner. God, it nope. sounds so weird that he would be good at that, too. He just Fantastic. had that controversial comment at the players. He, yeah. yeah. he, he has a lot of them, but that's okay. You've got to beat <laughs> JT in round one. Yeah, he's a match play guy. Give me Kisner. Give me Sergio at home as well in Austin. How about that? How about it? Casey oh, Kurtz. We'll jump it in from Noah yeah. Schlicksup. And, uh, yeah, you had Scheffler, DJ, and Kisner. Did you have DJ and Kisner in the finals, or did you have Scheffler and Kisner? I had DJ and Kisner, unfortunately. So, Austin, you're confused, I can tell. Obviously. Uh, They do a bracket. Okay. And that was like our final four of the bracket. Oh, so it's kind of like March Madness. Yeah. Okay. And I had three of the four in the final four. Really? Yeah. So how many points did you get? I mean, do you get points for that or not? Yeah, I I did get points, but it uh, was like three-something. For for all like combined. Well, my guy, no, no, no. I just just the guy that you picked to win. Is the oh, I took. Okay. and the guy I picked to win got second. I got you. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I got to thank Matt all Barnes. Are. I got to make Matt Barnes right now. Um, very kind of him to jump in on the shock your mock follow up from today, 
and he shares a tweet from B.J. Reigns, Austin, mm -hmm. who says New England Patriots wide receivers coach Troy Brown and Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers coach Chris Jackson among those here at Boise State's Pro Day to watch <laughs> Khalil Shakir. Okay. <laughs> Watch him, watch him run a whatever it was. <laughs> no, that was other dude. Did, do we know what, what do you run at the, the pro day? Do we know? I don't. I didn't see that. Okay. Uh, okay. I guess I could probably look up, but I'm not going to. Cool. Yeah. Watch him. Watch him. I, and I'm sure he's gonna be standing up in the slot when he's running his 40 yard dash too. That's where he plays. So. How do you spell Shakir? <laughs> Say what? I'll look it up, but I don't know how to yeah. spell Shakir. S H A K I R, I think. Uh, first thing that comes up is Shakira. So. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that issue. Maybe yeah. Tupac Shakur, you know? You know. <laughs> uh, Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. We're live down at the Boys House of Cards. And uh, by the way, uh, Jason, who was just opening up UFC hobby cards here, he got a couple of nice pulls, but uh, not as big as he wanted. He'll be at the uh, UFC fights April 9th. And by the way, Austin, he said, you need to get another shot. So he's advocating. Okay, I like that, he's, man. He's yeah. a big UFC fan. I like it. He, he know, he's followed the, the Austin Lane train. I tell him I appreciate it. Um, so uh, we're going to have to – maybe we'll have a protest outside the arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Think just, that would help? I mean, yeah, I just envision, like, we'll get the entire crowd to start, like, chanting something about me, and then hopefully we can – and then I'll just, like, keep egging him on from, like, you know, cage side with me and Casey sitting down there. Yep. Um, all right, golf picks. Where I are we at? I know I won't be there. You'll be there. I won't be there. Yeah, we'll see, man. They won't come in. Valero, Texas <laughs> Open. <laughs> not denying it. Nothing. Not denying it. Yeah. <laughs> not denying it, no. Yeah. Uh, Valero, Texas Open. You know what the Valero, Texas Open gets? What did he get? All the speculation of the Masters next week. Ah, <laughs> it's like, I gotcha. It's like, it's got to be the worst spot to be on the calendar. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, The week yeah. before the Masters. Yeah. Especially when Tiger starts... It goes and plays a practice round. And so every question's about the oh, Masters. Never mind. I was, I was right, man. I wanted Casey to come help me find the field, but I actually found the field. We're all good. Sorry. I saw your hand. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't find the field, man, but we're all good. I found it. We're good. I'm ready to roll. All right. What do we have here this week? Uh, three out of four, final four, man, Casey Kurtz. Yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> Valero, Texas Open, like you mentioned. Uh, Again, not a great spot, but at the same time, there's a lot of dudes that could play their way into the Masters, and all they have to do is win this week because there's a lot of guys in the field that are not qualified. Pretty weak field overall. Mm. Um, yeah, so kind of a weird thing there. Uh, last year, Jordan Spieth wins uh, for the first time in a while, putted well. Uh, the year before, Corey Connors won, didn't putt well at all. So um, pretty much just a crapshoot. You can pretty much pick anybody out there, and you might get a win. My kind of tournament. Let's go. So, exactly, and for that reason, I don't know why exactly, but I will take Kevin Streelman. Kevin Streelman. Wow. Let me get, let me get a me I think get a he finished, like, seventh recently. Like, he's been good of late. He was good there last year, I think. Okay, I like the shirt that he's rocking in this picture. He, you'd hate him. He's a Cubs fan, actually. Oh, is he really a Cubs fan? Yeah. Trash. Yeah. Yeah. A trash guy. Yeah. Um, uh, should I go deeper down the field so I there don't get chalked up? Chalk I already had chalk for gum. Chalking it up. Um, it's a sunny day. Go out on the sidewalk. Color to chalk. Chalk it up. Yeah, chalk I'm gonna up. go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with our guy Lonto Griffin from uh, the Jacksonville area. That chalk or not? No, nah, really. nah, okay. it's plus okay. eight thousand. Okay, all right. 
Well, this is this is the Valero Championship, if I'm not mistaken, right, Casey? Yeah, it, it, yeah it, and obviously we talk about Valero. What do we think of? It's gas. I had to Google it, but yeah, it is gas. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I could go with a political, easy, low-hanging fruit who looks like they'd be mad if they got gas. But I'm not going that way. You know, I, I, I go a little deeper here. I'm in my picks in the process. So I'm going with this, and I'm sure we all know somebody out there that's like this. That one person that's got the Tesla, that when you complain about gas prices, they go, well, I got a Tesla, so I don't got to worry about it. And then, it's a super annoying type of person. You know who you are if you're one of these people. Thank you for listening in your Tesla on ESPN 690. I'm sure it sounds great in that vehicle, but it gets annoying sometimes. And as I'm going through the list, one guy stands out above the rest of so this guy. I guarantee has a Tesla. If you go on his Instagram right now, he's bragging about how I don't got, I don't got paid for gas, but I got a Tesla. Charles Howell III. <laughs> Charles Howell III definitely has a Tesla, and he likes to run his mouth about it. Go and give me Charles Howell III. It's so funny because Charles Howell III is so rich. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> I told you. He grew up in Augusta. Oh, oh that's, that's like Tesla Central. Yeah, which of course he's got one. Which, by the way, growing up in Augusta doesn't make you rich. I mean, there we've been through Augusta. It's not like no. everybody that lives in Augusta is rich just because the golf course is there. But yeah. no, he did I was, grow up in Augusta. <laughs> he's literally like top ten on the all-time tour rankings because he's played for so long. Earnings, I mean. Yeah, is yeah, he yeah. really? He's that much of a check casher, huh? Yes, he. Yes, he's on the list, like higher up than you would expect. But, yeah, he's won a ton of money, so he probably does have a Tesla. He's only won three times ever, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you're right about that. He's actually been pretty disappointing in that. I part. typed in Charles Howell the third Tesla, and there's a Howell, there's a Tesla for sale in Howell, Michigan, in case you guys were interested. So <laughs> how much? Uh, I, I don't have anything. I wonder real quick. Have you seen uh, these gas prices? This, you know what I'm saying? this this bad boy is going for forty five thousand right now. It's a 2018 used Tesla Model Three Long Range. Um, it got one star on Vroom out of six. I'm sorry, out of five stars, whatever that means. I don't know what Vroom is. I don't know what Vroom is. I don't know, man. This website, it's, it's cars.com. Check it out. How old is I think it's Michigan. It's Michigan, am I? Yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota's yes. MN. Yeah, for sure. Very good. For sure. Uh, man, I don't know why more kids don't listen to this program. We could teach them a lot. You learn a lot, man. Including abbreviations for the post office yeah. of your favorite state. Yep. Which would be a fun game, by the way. I ship out a lot of stuff. Yeah, That's a, yeah you do. You, you'd probably be pretty good at it. I've been doing that, too. Ship out a lot of Dream 18 cards. You'd be amazed at how many people order Dream 18 cards from outside the state of Florida, even though the golf courses are all right here in northeast Florida. I mean, yeah. Where, like, do you like Georgia and stuff, too? South Carolina? Where you at? Uh, North Carolina, North Pennsylvania. Carolina? Sent to Mi Michigan before. Pennsylvania, because, I don't understand at all. Well, because I think yeah. they come down. <laughs> they're coming down for, like, a few months. Yep. So, Probably their Teslas. <laughs> to play to play a little golf and at a discounted rate. You can, too. ActionSportsShackStream18.com. All right, that was fun, guys, from uh, Tivoli's House of Cards. We'll do it again tomorrow, 3 p.m. on ESPN 690. What do we got coming up tonight, Casey? We got the, the Suns. ESPN programming? No, nah, we got the Suns. We got the Warriors. We got some hoops coming up. All right. 9.30, All right. though, so you got to... Stick around a little bit. You know, this West Coast. If you want to know what the Jags will look like this year, listen to ESPN 690 to hear the Warriors play. Now, Steph, Steph Curry is hurt now. So we oh, try okay. to, see, see, mark this down, because when Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, start here on ESPN 690. It's going to be the Jordan oh, Poole, C.J. Beathard show. Can't take it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> see you on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30. I did not say that. Austin said that. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN 690. <laughs>